Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Monday, the 2nd of November, 2020. Sit back and enjoy the flight. If you've flown uh, on an airplane before, it's likely you've heard those words or something like that after all of the safety protocols are gone over and they remind you, hey, if those masks do pop down, make sure you secure your own mask before helping somebody else. Once they've gone through all of that, you are invited to sit back and enjoy the ride. Uh, Why is that? Well, because they're trying to tell you, hey, your destination is certain. We're going to get to where we are going. And in the meantime, there is really nothing that you need to do. Uh, We will provide everything that is needed. We don't need you to flap your arms. Uh, The plane is going to fly without your help uh, to its desired destination. We will do all that is needed. So sit back and enjoy the flight. Now, I want us to compare that to something that we're reading today in the New Testament in the book of 2 Peter. So we start 2 Peter and we look at verses 1 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. Because here, Peter tells them basically, hey, your destination is secure. It, It talks about how God has called us to his own glory and excellence. And it talks about God's very great promises. So it seems like our destination is pretty sure. And he's also made it clear, hey, God is ultimately going to be the one that provides and gets us to our destination. It says in verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that's pretty amazing right there. Uh, God is calling us to his own glory and excellence. Um, We have these promises. We will enjoy a world and an eternity that is escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That sounds pretty great. And to get there, God is provided everything that we need, all things pertaining to life and godliness. How amazing is that? So just sit back and enjoy the flight. Wait a minute, that's not what Peter says. Peter actually says in verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So he goes on to say, hey, based on God's promises, our destination, based on God giving us everything that we need, instead of saying, sit back and enjoy the flight, he says, make every effort. He starts talking about hard work, even to grow in certain character attributes. Now, what's up with that? Why, if our destination is certain and God's given us everything that we need, is it now calling me to work, to make every effort Instead of just saying, hey, sit back and enjoy the, enjoy the flight until you end up in glory. Well, I think what we need to understand is that, yes, glory is our destination. And someday, Scripture clearly teaches we will experience that glory in its fullness. We will live in a world completely devoid of any of this corruption that, that has come into the world because of sinful desire. But here's the thing. 
God does not intend for us to simply wait until then to begin enjoying and living the benefits of this glory and excellence. Sure, being like Christ is something that you will experience perfectly when you are in heaven. But that doesn't mean that God's like, well, I don't care if you're like Christ right now. No, he he wants us to be like Christ. Someday we will experience the perfection of his glory and his excellence that he has called us to. But that doesn't mean God doesn't want us to live out and enjoy his glory and excellence right now. So our destination is certain. We will be with the Lord in heaven. God, he's provided everything that we need for life and godliness. But because God wants us to enjoy that life, that godliness, that glory, that excellence right now, we are called to make every effort to pursue that. And again, that's where we need to understand the nature of sin. Uh, God isn't telling us, hey, you better... You better go do all these good attributes and be like that and cracking the whip, right? No, it makes it clear sin is cracking the whip. In verse four, it reminds us we've escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Sinful desire is a cruel uh, taskmaster that had us imprisoned and we've escaped from that. We don't want to return to that. But we're still in that battle against sin. So, hey, let's make every effort to continue getting away from sin and living more out of the glory and the excellence that God is calling us to do. I hope that makes sense to you. And I hope that that encourages you to make every effort today to pursue being like Christ, because that's what we want to spend. That's what we know we will spend eternity doing. But we want to live that out and taste that right now instead of continuing to follow the lead of this cruel taskmaster of sin. We want to follow Christ. And so then he goes on to list out all of these attributes that he tells us to make every effort to pursue uh, these things. He talks about faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. And what I want to encourage you to do is to pray through that list. And even I want to specifically encourage you to pick out at least two of the things in that list. Maybe you have a study Bible or you can look up some of those words and and what they mean. And I want you to prayerfully ask God, say, God, I want to grow in, in this. I want to grow in steadfastness. And then consider what would making every effort to grow in steadfastness look like for you? And I want you to not miss the the very practical thrust of this text to make sure that you pray and think about these things in your own life today. Now, I want us also to turn to Psalm 119 as we continue on there with verses 145 to 152. And this is the Hebrew letter kaf. So it has that kind of k sound. And that helps me kind of remember this section because we see that sound in some of the key words in English in these first verses. In verse 145, it says, with my whole heart, I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. And so there in the cough, section, it talks about crying out and calling out to God. 
And that's what we want to do. And notice he's, he's crying out and calling out to God that he would obey God. And I think that's the heart that we see in Second Peter as well. The heart that has been rescued from the clutches of sin, escaped the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire. We don't want that anymore. And so we're going to cry out. We're going to call out to God, God, teach me your statutes. God, I want faith, virtue, self-control, steadfastness, and so on. God, these are the things that I want. Help me. And he even talks about rising before dawn and doing this. He says, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. And even in this section, we see the biblical principle that when we seek God, those who draw near to God, God will draw near to us. And in verse 151, he says, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. He's trusting in God. He's trusting in his ways. And commenting on this section, Spurgeon says, he who has been with God in the closet will find God with him in the furnace. So that's talking about, you know, kind of the the idea of a prayer closet, you know, basically the one who has been with God in private, in the secret place, seeking God, seeking his face, he will find God with him in the furnace. That when life is hard and it seems like the fire of trials or temptation are around us, God will be with us. So my encouragement to you is to seek God, to call out to him, to make sure you are spending time alone with God. And clearly, if you're listening to this podcast, that that shows that you are spending time today to try to take in God's word. But again, as I like to do from time to time, I really hope that this podcast is not the extent of your Bible consumption. This, This is meant to help you as you take time to actually read these passages that we are going through. And this is certainly not meant to be a replacement to you Then, based on everything that you've learned, spending time alone with God, talking to him, pouring out your heart to him, doing what we see here, crying out to him, calling out to him, hoping in his words, meditating on his promise. This can be no replacement to that. I hope it fires you up to do that, to spend that time alone with God, seeking him and seeking his face and seeking his ways and making every effort to grow in godliness. Next, let's turn to Jeremiah 47 and 48. And we saw yesterday uh, that we've kind of shifted gears here in the book, that him really focusing on Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah and Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians coming, that has, uh, we moved into a new phase where now he's really addressing a lot of the nations around Israel. And in 47 and 48, we see him talk about the Philistines. And then we also see him uh, talk at length about the nation of Moab. So the Philistines, they're kind of famous enemies of Egypt. They would live in kind of what you think of today as the Gaza Strip. And then Moab would have been a kingdom that would have been in modern day Jordan, kind of across the Jordan River and then the the Dead Sea from Israel. And God is now calling out these nations. And if you notice when he calls out Moab, it seems that one of the things that comes up the most is just pride and, and arrogance. And God is calling them out for uh, these sins and he is promising judgment upon them. And we see at the end though, that it's interesting, he talks about restoring even the fortunes of Moab. So it's interesting, even though God uh, pronounces judgment 
on some of these kingdoms, even some of these nations around Israel that didn't have the, you know, the covenants and the promises of God, he still promised some future restoration for them as well. But even as you think about the, 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 the judgment that came along them because of their, their pride and their arrogance, we, we, we see on a different level, I think a, a different perspective in the gospel of John, John chapter seven, which we went through recently together at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And in John chapter seven, uh, these first 13 verses that we're looking at today is an interaction uh, mostly between Jesus and his brothers. And his brothers, I don't know, I don't think it, that they're necessarily being hostile to Jesus um, in this passage. I think they're kind of trying to be his PR guys saying, hey, Jesus, um, you, you remember what happened at the end of chapter six? A lot of people left. This isn't good, Jesus. Well, hey, we, we can rally. We can come back here. Go to Jerusalem during the feast. That's where everyone is going to be. You can get the crowds back, Jesus, I think is kind of the vibe of what they are saying. But Jesus makes clear his agenda isn't just the crowds. He has a different agenda. His He has a specific time. He has a specific plan. When we talked about that as a church, we, we talked about how Jesus's agenda was not to be popular. Jesus's agenda was to be faithful. And that's a true example really of humility. And I think it is one that you and I should seek to emulate. That in our life, we're not here to please the crowd we're not here to be popular. We're not here just to do what people want. We want to be faithful to the mission that God has given us. And today we've seen, hey, that mission clearly involves putting in work, putting in effort to grow in Christ-likeness because we are seeking the glory and the excellence of God. And we know we will enjoy that for eternity, but we want to pursue that right here, right now, today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 